Shalom. Welcome to the Word of Impact brought to you by Kingdom Ambassador Centre. Through the teachings of our pastor Randolph Ajay, you will be inspired, equipped and empowered to fulfil your kingdom mandate. Now, let's hear the word for today. We continue with our studies on possessing gates. We are still looking at the seven gates that shape every society. We've looked at the gates of hate, we've looked at the gates of heaven, and we have started looking at the seven gates that shape every community or society or that influences the culture of the people. Is that okay? And we have learned last week, Wednesday, we looked at family and we looked at education and we looked at religion. And today we are going to look at two key gates by which the society is governed. Now you have to understand that we have established that gates are access to everything. It would either allow you to come in or shut you out. Is that okay? We have learned that gates again could be spiritual or could be physical. Gates could even be people. Is that okay? And um, we have looked at, you know, the gates of heaven that gives us access to, you know, the heaven is we said that the gates of heaven would either bring a man to the presence of God or would bring the presence of God to man. We looked at the fact that there are two dimensions of this. God can come to man, man could go to God. Is that okay? When you look at the cross, you know, we have the vertical and then we have the horizontal. You know, we could climb up to God, God climbs up to us, um, climbs down to us. We've looked at the gates of hate. Now we are looking at the seven gates that shape every society or every community. Again, understand that these gates that I'm talking about are gates that shapes the community. When we come to look at the gates, you know, that the gates of your body that are not gates to the community, it's gate to your personal life. And when we finish, that is where we are going. So for now, as kingdom ambassadors, we are looking at how we would become influential, how we can make the kingdoms of this world, the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. I am against a church that just knows how to sing and dance and that's all that church stands for. It's about time that the church begins to take its rightful place in the community, in the society and in the land. Is that okay? But you cannot possess gates you are ignorant of. Is that okay? You cannot possess what you are ignorant of. And that is why the Bible says that the, the word of God is a lamp unto your feet, is a light unto your path. What is the agenda of light is to bring illumination. Is that okay? Is to bring what? Illumination. It means that without light, without understanding, you would walk in darkness. The Bible says that the word of God even brings understanding to the simple. That word simple is not like, oh yeah, for me I'm a simple. But that word simple means foolish. It means unintelligent. So that means that when the word of God permeates the heart of a man, one of the things the word of God is meant to do in our lives as young Christians is that it has to bring illumination, visibility. It has to shed light on the darkness. It has to cause us to see what we need to do, where we have to walk, and what is available to us. Okay? So when you're looking at gates, there are gates that would affect your life personally. That's your life. Let's say if you end up watching, say, pornography, you are, you know, opening the gates of your eyes. It's to your body. You are the person the demons would come and inhabit. It will not inhabit me. So you would suffer from that for opening that gate. But as we are speaking now, we are looking at the gates that shape their society. Not your personal life as in 
this is me, Randolph, but the gate that controls every facet of the society. Are we here? The Bible says in the book of Genesis, you know, Matthew, the chapter number 20, hey, Jesus said, go ye therefore into the world, and he says that, make disciples of all nations. We've not just been called to sing and dance. We've been called to disciple nations. Say nations. Say nations. Say nations. Say I've been called to disciple nations. Say I've been called to disciple nations. God has called us to disciple what? Nations. Matthew 28. Give me 18 to 20. There are lots we are going to learn today if God helps us and gives us time and gives us grace. Matthew 28. He says that, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying that all authority. Now watch this. Before Jesus Christ tells them to go into the world and disciples nations, he established that the key rule to discipling is what? Authority. Jesus Christ wouldn't have asked the church to disciple all nations if all authority wasn't given to him. Because when it comes to discipling, when it comes to leading, when it comes to direction, it is hinged on authority. Say authority. And that is why when any government comes into power, I mean in the UK, in other parts of the world, they would give you something like a staff or a Bible or something to swear an oath. And that thing that they've sworn is that the powers of the land has been conferred unto them because there is no way you can rule without authority. Are we here? And that is why some of you are messed up. Your families are messed up. Our lives are messed up. Because of lack of authority. So Jesus says that all authority has been given to me, not just in heaven, but on earth. Are we here? So the Bible says in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's. That scripture says the earth is the Lord's. He's talking about the geography of the earth belongs to God. And he says that and the people in it. He says that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now because of the authority, what would happen to 19? Let's go. Therefore, 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 therefore means that it's preceding something else. It means that it's coming after something. When you have received authority, you can go. Oh, Jesus. Are we here? I said when you receive authority, you can go. That is why in Acts the chapter number 1, the verse number 8, he says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And he actually said that, do not depart until the promise of the Father comes. Do not depart until the Holy Spirit comes. Do not depart until you receive power from on high. That word, Holy Spirit, that power defined that in the Greek is dynamis. It's power. It's like a bomb. You know, it's, it's that kind of, it's a dynamite. When, when you see how gold is mined, you know, they, they, it's in a rock so they put something like a bomb. It's called dynamite. And when that bomb explodes, it breaks the rocks. And when the rocks are broken, the miners can go and pick the pieces of the rock and that is where they refine it into gold. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? So what breaks that rock is a dynamite and that word is linked to what is called dynamite and it's linked to power. 
If there is anything we need to be seeking, it's authority. It's authority. Spiritual authority. Physical authority. Authority does not just bind demons, but authority also brings order. Boris Johnson is ruling us because he has authority. Is that okay? And that is why as a church, we should not just know prayer is good. Spiritual authority is good. But if we are only possessing spiritual authority, but not aligning ourselves in places to also possess physical authority, there will be an imbalance. Are we, are we here? So he says, go in there for his sister. Because of the authority, you can disciple. And I've told you that word disciple. If you go through the root word, the etymology of the word, it talks about discipline. So if we said this person is your disciple, it means they are disciplined after your nature. So when he says make disciple, it means that with authority, with illumination, with understanding, we can discipline the nations and make them disciples. Hello? Hello? Every house you go, I don't know, but most of the houses, the fathers possess crazy discipline. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because the children most of the time are with their mom. I don't know why. But at a point in time, every child now that gets familiar with the mother. I don't know why. Probably maybe because they spend more time with them. But when the father's coming to the house, there is discipline. And that is why in many houses where there is no fathers, there is a lack of discipline. I tell you, when my father comes into the house, you'll be disciplined. He will not talk by you, be disciplined. My father will not beat you by you, be disciplined. His eyes alone speaks. How dare you fool in front of Christopher J? He will kill you. Not by his hands, but his eyes. It's discipline. When there is discipline, you disciple people. You bring order. And the Lord said, listen, unless we don't believe what the Bible says, if we don't believe what the Bible said, it's another story. But if we believe what the Bible says, that he says that you can disciple the nations. Is that okay? So we are going to look at two key gates of the society. And today we are going to look at government and the media. We are going to look at government or governance. And the media. When I was growing up, politics was the devil for the devil, and if you are holy, politics is not for you. I heard that there has to be what we call separation of powers, that the church would ought to be separated from the state. And that is the biggest lie they ever taught us. Today we are going to learn to know that. Government and governance is a massive gate through which the society is ruled. Through which many things have been allowed to come into the system. And if we want to disciple the nations, this is a gate we would have to be looking at spiritually, physically, prayerfully, by intercession. And not just by that, but also by representation. Are we here? Are you learning at all? Good one. Patience told me you are writing too much. We won't even cover half. I agree. 
It's already 20. Okay. Now, God's original intention, going back to the Garden of Eden, we've learned and established this for seasons and seasons, that God's original intent in the Garden of Eden was that he rules the earth in, uh, and he rules the earth through man. Is that okay? Okay? God rules where? The heavens. And he rules the earth through man. Is that okay? And we know that the first command God gives to man is to take, come and preach with me, just to take dominion. Is to take what? Genesis 1. Let's go there. Genesis chapter 1, the verse number 26, the first thing that God tells man or the first, you know, instruction God gives to mankind, he said that God said, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. And then the thing, the, this is the first command of God to man, let them have dominion. Now watch this. Over here, when the Bible is saying that God is saying that let us make man in our image and let us make him in our likeness, he's not just talking about the physical look. Is that okay? Otherwise, God will look very different because my face is so different from Michael. Michael's face is different from, you know, Elia and, and you know, all of these. Our faces are completely different. You know, some are white, some are black, some are green, some are blue, some are Indian. We have Asians, we have American, some have flat noses. Some, God's face would have been the most confused face ever. But over here, the Bible is saying that man has been made in the image and the likeness. He's talking about man is made in the DNA and in the nature of God. And over here, God is saying that he's creating man to have dominion like him. Meaning that God is a God of dominion. God is a God who is a ruler. He has dominion. So he says that let them have dominion like us because they are made to be like us. Oh, are you here? Does it make sense? God wants us to, the first command he gives you is to have dominion. Is because he has dominion. If you go to the book of Revelation, the Bible says that the angel says that all power, all glory, all dominion, and all strength belongs to our God. It, it's his nature. And God, the first thing he told you to do was not to marry. The first thing he told you was not to buy a house. The first thing he told you was not to have a car. The first thing God tells us to do is to dominate. The first words and the last words to every man is very important. Before God said, you know, be fruitful and multiply and, and do all of the things, the first thing he expects us to be is to dominate. In other words, it's an error for us not to be dominating but for things to be dominating us. May you dominate everything in your family. Amen. I said, may you dominate everything in your family. Amen. Wherever you find yourself, may you dominate. At your office, may you dominate. Look, may the, may the countenance of God be so mighty on you that wherever you find yourself, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God will succumb to that authority over your life. The first charge God gives is dominion. And when you're talking about dominion, the first thing that would come into your mind is governance. 
authority, power to take control, to subdue. Is that okay? So then the first thing is to take dominion, is to rule. And, and when we hear words like dominion and rule and authority and all of these things, you know, the first thing that must come into your mind in terms of the society and the community we live in is governance. Hello? Is what? Is governance. All right then. Isaiah chapter number 9, the verse number 6. The Lord is a government mind that he's, he's a God, you know, that is, you know, kingdom minded. The Bible says for us, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government would be upon his shoulder. So even Jesus Christ has a government. He has a cabinet. He has, you know, sons and daughters that he rules through. And, and, and if Jesus has a government, then what it means is that it's an error for us to think that government and governance is not for the church. Hello? It's an error for us to think that government and governance is not for the church. The truth of the matter is that whether you believe it or not, it's either you are governing or you'll be governed. And as we sit here, we are being governed. It doesn't matter whether it's a Muslim or a Christian or a Hindu, whatever. As long as they are where they are, you are subject to the authority. Is that okay? The Bible says that his government would be what? Upon what? His shoulder. His shoulder. He showed that. In 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 3, the Bible tells us that we should pray for all that are in authority. 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 3. It says that, quickly take me there. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplication and prayer and intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men. Verse number 2, for kings and those who are Authority. If God is against authority, if he's against governance, what would he tell you to pray for them? Are we here? If God is against it, why is he admonishing you to pray for them? Do you know why? Because everything you pray for, you sustain it. You did not hear what I said. You did not hear what I said. I said everything you pray for, you do what? Again, everything you pray for, you do what? You sustain it. So if God is telling you to pray for something, it means that he wants it to be what? Sustained. So if it's not the mind of God and God is telling you pray for it, it means he wants it to be sustained. So why would God ask us to sustain something he's against? And that is why we have to make sure that the right people are in place of opposition or place of position so that by our prayer we'll be sustaining something that is good. Oh Jesus. I don't want to sustain anything that is anti-Christ. I don't want to sustain anything that is anti-God. I don't want to sustain people that are set in places by the devil. I want my prayer to sustain the righteous. The Bible says that when the righteous is in authority, the people are happy. When the righteous is in position, the nation rejoices. The Bible says that blessed is the nation whose God is God. Listen, I was in church for 20 years of my life. Never did I ever hear my pastor preach this sermon to me. 
Every day, faith, mercy, grace, faith, mercy, grace. He says that I exalt you. I encourage you. He said that pray for kings, all those who are in authority, and look at the, the, the correspondence. He says that if you do so, you will lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. It means that the people in authority can disturb your peace. Oh, Jesus. The Bible said in the book of Exodus that there was a pharaoh that loved Joseph. He told Joseph, go and bring your father and your family and your brethren and come and dwell. And the Bible says that they enjoyed a season of peace and quietness and fruitfulness and replenishment. And the Bible says that another pharaoh arose after his death who did not know about Joseph or the history. And the Bible says that he tormented the children of Israel. Two kings, two outcomes. Every day, your TV station is on Iroko TV, Netflix. You don't know what's going on in your community. You don't, know, you don't even know the name of your mayor. He says that when you pray for them, he says that they would be able to cause you to lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Go to the verse number three. The Bible says, go there. Let's go to the next one. For this, oh my God. Read it together. Let's go for this is and acceptable in the sight of God. Listen, I'm telling you, a time is going to come. We will choose the courses for people to go and study from this church. I look at you, I say, you, 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 you go and do fashion. You, 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 you go and read politics. You, you go and read this. Because we have to be very strategic to ensure that all the seven gates are occupied. Are we here? He says that this is good and acceptable. God is talking about governance and he said it's good and what? Acceptable. I don't even think I'll finish government to even go to media today. But let's continue. We'll continue. He says that it is good. It's acceptable. It's governance. God is saying it's good and it's acceptable because throughout this window, throughout this gate, throughout this door, the mind of God can come to bear in a whole nation. Listen, the Bible says in the book of Joshua that the children of Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. Can you imagine? They served the Lord all the days of Joshua. In other words, when Joshua was in authority, when Joshua was in rulership, you could not have been under the authority or leadership of Joshua and not serve God. And that is why as a government of my house, you cannot be uh, uh, my son and my daughter and not serve God. It's not possible because in my house I have my own government. In my house I'm my own king. I have my queen. I have my sons. I have my princess. You only work. You have to serve God. It's a must. The Bible says that the children of Israel served God all the days of Joshua. The Bible says it is good and acceptable. What are the main functions of government? Because we said that the government is a key. We said that the government is a gate. Are you here? Thank you Holy Ghost. Psalm 33 verse 12 says that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Oh, can you imagine? No wonder Israel is called blessed. Listen, Israel is a very small country. It's so small. 
As a matter of fact, when you go to Israel, it's, you know, even within Israel, there is Palestine. And is Palestine is a whole Muslim territory. Israel, all Israel is about Jerusalem. Um, if you look at their lands, there is nothing. It's all hills and valleys and all of these things. But listen, when it comes to, you know, battle prowess, when it comes to army strength, when it comes to medicine, when it comes to finances, when it comes to so many things, this nation is a tiny nation, but you can't do against it. Because the Bible says that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Can you imagine if the United Kingdom's God is the Lord? The Bible says it's a blessed nation. For now, many people say all the time that, you know, Ghana is blessed. And, and one of the reasons is because the, the, the nation's God is the Lord. Of course, now, you know, again, throughout this media and throughout this medium and gate, you know, the enemy is trying hard to permeate even the continent of Africa. Where the gospel is definitely having a strong ground there. Is that okay? So we're going to look at government. And why we would have to be able to, you know, influence that place. Is that Okay. Number one, one of the things you have to know about government is this. Every nation's moral standard is mostly exhibited, exhibited through their type of leaders. Again, every nation's moral standard is mostly exhibited through their leaders and their policies. Two things. Every nation's moral standard is mostly exhibited or influenced by their leaders and their policies. There's a, there's a political party that was looking for power so bad. They are called the Liberal Democrats. I don't know if you ever heard of them. And just as their names sound, they say they are liberal. When someone says I'm liberal, it means everything is accepted. So they said they would have legalized everything, accepted everything, because that's their nature, that's their life. So when the liberal Democrats come into power, you're going to have a very liberal society. A liberal society is a society where everyone has right, everything is acceptable, everything is doable, as long as people are happy. So in a liberal society, if a man wants to sleep with a little child of five years and the little child is happy and the man is happy, that's fine because it's liberalism. Liberalism gives authority to men to say, choose what you want to do, anything that makes you happy. But you see, if all of us want to do what makes us happy, the world is going to be in chaos. Because if I shoot you and that makes me happy, that is what is making me happy. Is that okay? If I slap you and that is happy, you know, allow me to slap you because that is what makes me happy. But you see, where your right end is where somebody's own beginning. So every nation, when you look at their lifestyle, you look at the way they move. Most of the time, it is hinged on who is their leader. And what are the policies of that leader? Hello, are we here? Are we here? And that is why we have to become leaders. So that we would influence the moral standard. Is that okay? Is that okay? There are three main roles of every government. There are three main roles of every government. I'm taking you to some government school here. Is that okay? 
The first one is to judge. Every government's role is to judge. To judge between right and wrong. To judge. The second thing is to give law or policies. So to give law, the first thing is to judge. The second thing is to give law or policies. Is that okay? They judge, they give policies, and then they rule. So they come with policies on education, policies on entertainment, policies on economics, policies on this and that and that and that. And then they judge between what is right and wrong. And then they rule to ensure that they are enforcing the policies. So every government has these three you know, fundamental roles. Now let us look at you know, God, what the word of God says in, uh, you know, concerning our God in Isaiah 33, 22. Quickly, Isaiah the chapter number 33, the verse number 22. I love the scripture. For the, let's read it together. One, two, let's go. For the Lord. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Let's read it again. For the Lord is our. And the Lord is our. And the Lord is our. And he will save us. Over here, the word of God is telling us that the three fundamental, you know, roles of every government. God fulfills that. For the Lord is a judge. He judges between right and wrong. Not just a judge, but he is a righteous judge. You can see a prostitute and condemn her. The righteous judge will see through her. And because the righteous judge does not just judge actions, he judges intents. So you can see a prostitute and say, ah, the Lord can see a Rahab in her and say, that woman is so good to, to preserve my, my lineage and to bring the Messiah. The Bible says that the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. Over here, what the word of God is trying to establish is that God wants to be our government. He wants to be our judge. He wants to be our lawgiver. He wants to be our king. But you not see God coming to sit on the seat of, you know, Queen Elizabeth or coming to sit in the number 10 Downing Street. God wants to exercise these three fundamental roles of his through us. Through myself and yourself. Guys, listen. You are the hand of God. You are the mouth of God. You are the eyes of God. You are the looks of God. If God would want to do everything, he wants to do it through us. In Germany, the party that the the party that the um, you know the reigning prime minister her time is up she's going to leave comes from is actually a Christian party. Of course, as time is growing, there's pressure to push things to be liberal, and when we get to media, we'll now come and look at the power. For me, listen. For me. The most powerful gate out of all of this is media. They're going to come down. I was making a research. According to Forbes and some very crucial, you know, 
outlets. Do you know that in the pandemic, apart from Jeff Bezos, who owes Amazon, who made the biggest profit, the next person that made the biggest profit during this season is Zoom. They earned 6.5 billion in returns. Now, if you are talking about the biggest countries in the world, if you take China, if I'm not a lion, Facebook is a bigger country than China. Because the number of people that are on Facebook, if it's classified as a nation, is the biggest country on earth. <laughs> are you here? We'll get there when we get to New Year. And you can't find even one single Christian station. And all the ones that you find, again, they will preach from morning to evening. And asking, come and sow seed, come and sow seed, come and sow seed. And that's all. So when the ordinary person switches to that, th let me not even go there. We'll come there when I get there. <laughs> and when we get to entertainment, you'll fire. I will fire <laughs> till I fire your trousers, fire your shoes, fire. <laughs> <laughs> In history, there has been several governments that have either supported the cause of the kingdom or fought it. Not so long ago in China, there was a king that made a rule that Christianity is illegal. Even as we stand, it's still considered illegal in China. And Christians are being persecuted. People want to serve God, but the government said you can't. When we go through scripture, we realize that there are many people, as a matter of fact, if you consider carefully the Old Testament, it's all about government. Look at Daniel. Look at Nehemiah. Imagine if Nehemiah was not serving at the court of the king. The walls of Jerusalem would have continued to be in ruins. Do you know why? Because in as much as Nehemiah wanted to go and change things, he had to seek the authority of the king. He told the king, the king said, why are you troubled? He said, how can I be here and live in a peace? And the, you know, the, the walls of Jerusalem are in ruins and things like that. And the king asked him, what shall I do for you? He said, give me authority. Write a letter. Give me something in my hands. Let me take it around. Because you see, as long as Nehemiah had that letter of the king in his hand, nobody could have stopped him. So Nehemiah had a will, but his will would have been incomplete and his will would not have been executed without the signature of the king. Guys, listen, let me tell you, we can choose that we want to do more for God. We can desire we want to do more for God. We can say we want to do exploits for God. But you see, our, our exploits and our desire can have a limitation based on who is on power. 
that is why we have to ascribe. We have to try the best that we can to ensure that that gate of governance is not left for unbelievers. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our king. The Lord is our lawgiver. If you read the book of Micah, the Bible says that, oh, let's go to Micah chapter number four. Let's go there quickly. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Bring me there. Now it shall come to pass that on the last days of the latter days, the mountain of the Lord's temple shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it. The verse number two, many nations, say nations, say nations, say nations. This is, you see, the Bible is talking about nations and nations says that they would come up to the mountain of the Lord, which is the church. He said that they would say, come let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob and he would teach us his ways and we shall walk in his path. And this is what I want to say that for out of Zion what will go forth? The law. Zion is the church. said you've come to Mount Zion. You have come to the city of the living God. Obadiah 117. But upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance and there shall be righteousness and the house of Jacob would what this this they will possess their possession the bible says that for out of zion the law shall go forth and this is why i i i i feel so sad when even our local councils don't recognize our churches the bible says for out of zion out of what zion what would happen the law would what go forth charlie that entertainment christianity it's about to end though. For out of Zion. For out of Zion. For out of Zion. I was making a research. They say that the most lowest crime rate, the lowest crime rate in America, the, the city that has the lowest crime rate in America is a city that is almost about 90% Christian. It's an evangelical city in America. It has the lowest crime rate. I went to evangelism one time in Belgium. And I, I, get, I was trying to minister to a young lady. She's a white lady on the street. And he said, listen, I don't believe in any God. But in terms of my values, I identify most with the Christian faith. She said, I don't believe. But in terms of my value, I identify most with the Christian faith. Because everything about that faith looks at our well-being. Because in the Christian faith, you don't steal, you don't kill, you don't insult, you don't take something that belongs to anybody. So she said, in as much as she's not a Christian, the, the, the Christian faith, our values, is what she feels closest to. Imagine a city whereby the Christian faith is the governing factor. You leave your phone there, nobody will pick it. Career. It's not all of our sons they have to play football. Is that okay? Football is good, but it's like every 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 all of our sons want to play football. 
Everybody's parents want them to be a doctor. I mean, these are good, but there has to be balance. Which of our children are, are, are aiming into governance? It's a gate. What is the fundamental aim of the government? What does that gate bring? Write it down. That gate brings policies. That government gate brings policies. And policies decides the norms of the society. Governance opens the gate of policies which determines the norms of the society. In other words, it is policies that determines what the people can do, what they cannot do, what they can have, what they cannot have. So imagine having a very wicked man in the place of making these decisions. You're in trouble. Proverbs 29.2. Give it to me quickly. Let's read it together. One, two, go. Again, for the last time, when the righteous are in, so God wants the righteous to be in. Why would the people rejoice? Why would the people groan? It's because whoever is in charge will be given policies that would affect the people. The Bible talks about a kinah that, you know, when, when you read the book of 1 Samuel, the chapter number, I think, 8, when Israel tells to God, give us a king. The original plan of God for Israel was that he would rule Israel. He was supposed to be their king. For the Bible says that Lord our God is a judge, he's our lawgiver, and he's our king. And they said, that, listen, you know, we want a king. And the Lord told them, listen, he said, when the king come, he's going to lash your back. He's going to place burdens upon you people. The Lord was telling Israel that, look, the king that you're asking for, he's going to come, but he's going to give you guys a very tough time. The Bible says that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Tell me, how many righteous people do we have in authority in this land? Do you, how many can you name? Tell me. How many can you name? Do you know some? Do you know some? Can you give me five righteous men in authority? No. I went into a meeting one day, but I'll leave it there. When we are treating finance, we went to Abigail was having a program one day, and there was a financial seminar, and people were talking. And, da, 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 da. and I realized that everyone there, all the young people, in terms of financial stability, entrepreneurship, and all of this, almost about seventy percent of the people there, Will Smith was the was the inspiration. And I was like, wow, because we could not name one Christian billionaire. We couldn't. So you realize that now, when it comes to inspirations in the society, 
inspirations in the community, inspiration in our nations, the Christian names are missing. How many? Media, how many people can you name? Let's talk about the billionaires. Look at what the likes of, 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 of this guy who does Microsoft, Bill Gates. Look at the kind of things these people are pushing through. How many Christians do we have? When coronavirus came, they said that Africans will be dying like flocks and sheep on the streets. The, the coronavirus is going to mess up Africa. But as it stands, Africa has had the lowest death rate. And then two days ago, they wrote on BBC, could the reason why Africa is having the lowest death rate be because of poverty? Can you imagine? They said they would die. And now that we didn't die, they said the reason why we are not dying is because we are poor. It makes no sense. Go and check it on BBC. The only let's look at let's look at entertainment. But you see, when we start talking about entertainment, I would enter Babylon. Why is it that Christians would always have to leave the church and join the world? And the people of the world are not leaving the world to join the church in entertainment. And that's why you cannot tell me that you are Christian, but for you to possess you know, the entertainment gate, you have to go and dance with Beyonce and you are taking the gospel there. No. <laughs> the standards are different. But when we bring a standard of excellence, the world will now begin to flock into the church. You see, you counter a government by setting up a government. You counter darkness by light. You don't counter darkness by joining darkness. He says, let your light so shine. I will get that. Fashion, give me. How many Christian designers do you know? If you enter into the shopping mall, how many Christian des designers can you buy? <laughs> but you see, whether you like it or not, there will be consumption. So if you are not creating, you would consume what is available. So a born again believer would take 350 pounds. And go and buy one shoe called what? Alexander what? <laughs> the guy is gay. He died with HIV. A Christian would take 350 pounds and buy a gay brand. And on a Sunday, he'll give offering one pound. A Christian will pick up money go to Starbucks and buy a coffee. Go and read about the history of Starbucks. See their logo. You come and stand here and bind the devil but you support the devil's venture with your money. Investing into the venture of the queen of heaven. Which come and water. The prostitute. You come and bind them on Saturday and Monday to Sunday you are sowing into them. Why? Because there's no alternative. 
If the product is, is not on the market, we would have to come. May God give you guys ideas. May the Lord give you kingdom ideas. And not just ideas, but may God supply every need to bring those ideas into manifestation. The Bible says that when the righteous are in authority, do you know why? You can dislike Trump, you can like him, I have my own reservations about him, but do you know that because of the guy's money, even his party can't tell him what to do? Because whoever will feed you will control you. May you become financially self-sufficient. May God bless the work of our hands. May the righteous come into authority. Look, in our time, we would break that ideology that if you don't belong to the Freemason and Illuminati, you cannot govern. We will break that mentality. We will break that stronghold. Governance are not for Freemasons. Governance is not for Illuminati. That thing the enemy has created, you need to belong to them in order to rule. I see God raising a certain Joshua's and raising a certain Caleb's and raising a certain Joseph's and bringing people into places of authority and they will not bow their knees to bow. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Come on, be on your feet and let us just pray. La parosata. Come on, lika vanda lika. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. We pray you were blessed by it. If you would like to connect with us, you can follow us on our social media pages under the handle Kingdom Ambassador Centre UK. We also invite you to fellowship with us on Wednesday evenings from 7pm, Sunday mornings from 11am and at our monthly night vigils on the third Friday of every month from 11pm at Unit 21 Millmead Business Centre, Millmead Road, N17 9QU. Kingdom Ambassador Center, raising disciples, taking territories, and advancing the kingdom of God. Shalom and God bless you.